the Cultivated Being Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cultivated Being. We are two brothers who are also doctors who talk to each other every week about doctor stuff and sometimes brother stuff, right, Nick? Oh, yeah. My name is Dr. Jake Hyde, with my brother, as always, Dr. Nick Hyde. Say, what's up, Nick? Yeah, okay, what's up? Happy there. <laughs> uh, and we have a special guest today, which uh, we don't do guests too often, but we love having a fun guest, and today's no exception. I'd like to introduce my good friend from West Palm Beach, Linda Tate. Linda, you can say hi. Hi. And uh, the reason we have Linda on here is because there's so many topics we get to discuss with her, okay? So Linda, my experience with working with Linda in the community and just being friends, does so many things, it's hard to think about it being one person sometimes. Mm -hmm. So uh, Linda's main career, is that fair to say main career? Primary source of income, maybe? That would work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is in the financial world. Right? She's helping people with finances, but she has an interesting, uh, I'd say, unique approach to it. Um, not unlike what you and I do, Nick, like an interesting approach to healthcare. Holistic, uh, almost like holistic natural, finances. <laughs> holistic money, conscious money, right? Uh, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because we can get into it with Linda in a second. She also is a chef who specializes in, uh, I would say, Ayurvedic type of plant-based yeah plant-based ayurvedic she's done like workshops at uh the clinic here she is a yoga instructor she are you certified to teach meditation too yep so meditation as well she is a local farm enthusiast she takes people on tours of local organic farms and i would say biggest passion since i've known you has probably been none of those things it's been soil (laughs) <laughs> it's surfing now and now surfing so All right. uh that's one person and we have her on the <laughs> podcast today so where do we even dive in nick do you have any questions because you just met linda like everyone else's yeah i know i just literally met her through the introduction <laughs> um well gosh there's so many very interesting things that i want to dive into First of all, the hurricane for you guys is a little bit north. Are you getting any of that or no? We're getting some waves. And I just flew back from Outer Banks Tuesday, so I was a very happy surfing camper last Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All right. Yeah, so we got our waves in yesterday. And this morning. And then this morning, they were too hard for me to surf already. And I was thrashing <laughs> so hard this morning. <laughs> yeah. So well, I would have been thrashed. Had I gone out. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's all we're really getting. We're not getting any weather or really nothing unusual weather-wise because we get rain every day just about anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not getting the storm down here at all. Okay. Thanks for checking in, though, Nick. No, I was curious. That's your concern. Let's talk about Linda because we have her here. Yeah. Linda, talk more about this idea of, like, healthy money or conscious money, or there's a lot of terms for it, but you and I have worked and we've done 
like seminars together because we're just so dysfunctional when it comes to that topic, uh, you know, emotionally, experientially. So uh, get into kind of how you got started down that path. Yeah. So I had been working in finance for, I'd say at that point, four years, like disgruntledly and feeling like there's got to be more. And that's really when I pivoted and started pursuing outside of my day job, different interests in wellness and well-being. And so much of well-being relates to stress and stress management and healing. And I'm like, wow, stress is such a source of issues, inflammation, health. That's what I do with my study of well-being. And the source of that for many people is money. And it was just such a glaring connection that I couldn't overlook. And I thought, wow, and I'm in this financial career, there's got to be a way to link all of this together. And that's really where the idea of like wealth expanded, like conceptually came about where why is money or financial well-being any different than going to a yoga class or eating healthy? And can we look at dollars as an extension of ourselves? And if so, then what do our spending decisions look like? What do our investments look like? And just really opened my mind to that way of thinking and so many amazing people doing different types of work in the impact investing space. And um, that's really where the interest came from. And I think there was a moment while I was in culinary school that I'm working remote in New York City. I'm flying back to Florida for my job. And then I'm, uh, and then I'm, uh, sorry, working remote and then I'm uh, like con conceptualizing, like seeing it in New York City, seeing how money takes on, you know, this real like kind of greed or just more, more, more this way of living and started asking myself the question, could this look different? And then that's where my experience culinary and like learning about soil and learning about farms, it just started to all make sense from like when agriculture looks different, when all these systems look different. The world looks different and capital is injected in all those different facets. So that's why I got so fired up. Well, great. I, I have so many um, questions specifically. and I just want to dive right in. So let's just say I walked into your office and maybe you do some remote work for people who are listening, but let's say I walked into your office and I showed you my finances, which I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to do right now. Let's just say I did that. What would be some of the first like questions you would ask me or, you know, maybe if they have to do with goals or, or, you know, strategies, what would you do to like help me out holistically with my, you know, is that a good question? I don't know. Yeah, it's an awesome question. And I think that the first thing comes back to questions, right? So what does money mean to you? How have you used money in the past and how do you want to use money now? And then, a lot of whether it be sort of self-destructing money decisions, there's a, like an underlying and it kind of relates to the work that you guys do, some kind of like limiting or subconscious belief system that could be perpetuating that. So to bring awareness to that and have some dialogue around that and whether it be say like debt that could be weighing someone down or just an unhealthy experience around wealth, right? It could have been an inheritance that you know, might not feel good because of the way the passing came on or um, the, the way the family money was invested that could be against that person's value system 
and guilt and shame. I mean, there's so much that can be hand in hand with the how a person is is in their relationship with money to so to really open up questions and dialogue around that for themselves and dig deeper that way. So that's what I would start is what does money mean to you? What do you want money to mean to you? What has it meant to you? And go from there. What um have you seen like reoccurring patterns that seem to be most common as far as like false beliefs? So things that I would guess would be like just this general feeling of unworthiness overall. Totally. Like I don't really deserve to have extra money or one for me that I think that I've struggled with is this idea of like, if I have more, others have less type of a mm-hmm. thing, which is, I know, screwed up, but nonetheless bought into that for some reason. Uh, is there, do you see like reoccurring patterns, like common ones you can Definitely. identify? I think that I'm not worthy and whether it be perpetuating that through debt cycles or then like, really restrictive being with money in a really restrictive way. So like restricting enjoyment, restricting pleasure, restricting like a person's desire in the way that they experience their money uh, because of like a deeper belief system around, I'm not good enough to be able to do that, or I don't deserve that. And um, you know, when you think about money and expansion and like the more you have, the more lives you could impact with that, the more like sound investment decisions you could make, maybe even the more influence you could have to be even more of a leader. I mean, there's so many benefits to that. And I think it's can be a common story of like playing small, being in the restriction and definitely can see that. And it's really interesting to see that along every like feeling, every segment of wealth. So it's cool. Like, so for me personally, this idea of if I have more, others have less, I can start changing the script by affirming a new statement. Like, if I have more, I can help more people. Right. If I have more, others can have more. You know, if I have more, I can employ more. I can make an impact in, you know, my now 10 employees' lives because now I have more and I can support others. My business is thriving. And if I have more, I'm growing my family. And what I've noticed too that's so interesting is like the connection between money and interpersonal relationships and the resistance that can be felt financially and then understanding how there may be parallels for that person in their own personal lives. And I've felt that for myself and I can see that in others. And I, I find it fascinating. I can't yet like fully put my thumb on it, uh, but I'm certainly aware and, and can see it. And it feels, it's like a visceral connection of, of that experience. Yeah. Mm. See, Nick and I are struggling with this topic for some reason. It's just like, and I know we're not alone. It is personal. And I think too, one of the things I've been embracing is like, almost like, is it overly personal? Like, is it, is it so personal that we've become islands where like one of the words that to me comes up so much around money is shame, shame, like it's personal or is it shameful? Is it like, is it, I'm not where I should be? Like, to me, there's just so much shame around money in whatever, whatever shade of that you want to wear. And, and maybe it's several different shades depending on the context of the conversation. And that's something that where I say in the interpersonal relationships that show up, like where is shame also affecting you in your interpersonal relationships and felt by either or party. I think there's an interesting connection. With that. Mm. that is really interesting. I was, I was wondering Based off of, I mean, just co- these common things that you're seeing, what are some of your 
go-to strategies for these people to implement either in their bank account or outside of their bank account to help their financial and, and their wealth, you know, to flourish? Yeah. I mean, you're catching me in what I would call like a transitional season. And so when I've been in a very traditional way of looking at it and offering solutions like through the questioning, but really in a very traditional framework saying like, and here's some planning, here's some strategy. And that being the the full conversation where now I would say it would be reverse where the work would really be around facilitating like what those blocks are, diving really deep into the discovery around why and how they got there and working with the client through that, then to say, okay, and here are some like more traditional solutions on top of that, but leading with unblocking the blocks. Great. And so you guys have known each other for a while now, but how did you get to know each other? What was the first thing and and when did you decide to like partner up a little bit? I think, I mean, I moved back from New York in 2016 and I must have met you like very quickly within that. Okay. So we moved here basically January 1st, 2016. Yeah. So I got here in August of 2016 and then I was like just fresh off of culinary school. I remember exactly when we met. Do tell. Um... There was an event, like this new kind of business shop opened up called Look at That Station, and there's a big party, and Emily and I showed up, and this gal just approached me out of nowhere and somehow recognized me from something, Instagram probably. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't really remember. But it was like, hey, you're, I think you basically said you're Sozo Wellness or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> Mr. Yes, Sozo. You're Dr. Sozo. I was like, what, like are you Sozo? I was like confused. Yeah. Like, but where's Sozo? Is that part of your name? Yeah. So <laughs> I do remember this conversation. And so what we did was we just connected and said, Hey, like, because you you were interested in, in meeting. I didn't know much about you, but at that time, I'd take any meeting I could get just because I was still pretty new in town and looking to grow. And so you came in and uh, I was like, you, you need to meet this person and this person and this person. <laughs> yes. So Linda, I found out was very connected in this community. Uh, but also we got to know each other because you started coming in for regular treatment. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then we started collaborating on events together. Uh, she had me speak at this series she was doing called Wealth Expanded. Cool. Which, you want to talk about that idea? Yeah, I mean, and it's some of what I alluded to, but where it's really like first understanding any of the limiting belief systems and then doing like the traditional planning. And then thirdly would be uh, connecting you to your dollars. So if that's a spending plan that feels more integrated to your belief system or gets into investing through like the impact investing lens. Um, it's like a three-step process that I was able to put into place. and. Um, Jake was able to come to one of those sessions and speak. And it was amazing because he was able to really focus on how subconscious blocks are experienced with money. And it was the perfect kind of tag team. So, and he also attended a farm Friday, which was probably my, yeah, my most, our most exciting outing. Um, But yeah, you have done a couple and bringing, I, I started telling people meet me at my house at seven and then we'll go to the farm and, 
harvest or seed for, you know, one to one hour to 90 minutes. Like, so wait, I'm like, you'll be back before working hours. Like, this is the plan. And it would just say that once a month and whoever shows up, shows up. And we have a farming field trip to build some soil. <laughs> yeah, cool. So it's cool to go to visit your local organic farm. You live in the farm capital of the universe. I know. I only get, I only get my produce from basically down the street at this point. And it's apple season, which is awesome. The whole place. I live in Coralitas, which is like used to be the Apple headquarters of the world like a hundred years ago. Now it's Washington, but still there's a lot of farms that are hundred year old Apple orchards and like just driving down, you know, I always put the windows down just to get the smell. It's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it smells awesome right now. But um, it's cool. Everyone should do this for a couple of reasons. I think one, get your hands in the soil. Super good for you. Grounding. Totally. Two, go outside and do a thing, right? Not a, we're kind of bad at that and then uh it's just so like so this farm we would actually be laborers essentially they just give us work to do and then after an hour or two uh we'd go home but they give us like a big bag of produce and that produce is just so different than what you get at most stores i'm sure there's stores that sell really fresh high quality produce but it is eye-opening that certain things you you think you know how they taste and taste far different, uh, grown in the right context and harvested at the right time, and then going directly to your you know home. So that was eye opening as well. And what's funny too about the farm is like I did this program for health coaching, and then I'm in culinary school, and I'm looking for these profound deep lessons which you know there's a lot of amazing information but ultimately i'm like so much of our experience around health comes to the soil and we're missing the boat like so much about food comes to the soil and that's where i'm like why are we talking about like diets why like what's the integrity of where something came from and i understand and there's so many documentaries about it but i think sometimes we just over compliment overcomplicate the conversation and so being able to bring people to see like a farm and soil and you know my diet's transition to be you know very rich with plant life and i just feel so much better and but it's like having the connection to where the food comes from and i can't manage that in every meal you know it's like you do your best each plate uh and also to have a sense of that it's been so healing for me mm-hmm. Let's talk more about soil because I think most people would find that a boring topic, but I think it's incredibly fascinating and super important right now to the big picture, what's going on globally with the environment and with health because they're very connected. And I came to the realization, one of our conversations maybe was like, uh, what's good for nature? Like the earth is good for the environment. And then I just realized that we are also the environment being living beings on this world. So like what's good for the environment is good for nature as well. And that's us, right? So health is directly connected to the health of the planet. Mm-hmm. And we have some, some problems right now with both <laughs> and probably very connected and you seem to give in a lot of thought to this. A lot of people have. Yeah, I, I think 
it's like an area of frustration that then turns into an area of opportunity. And I think that drives so much of the passion around like why it seems so important to bring people to a farm, but it's like, you know, we have technology that can be such a blessing and sometimes a curse. And it's like we become, we can become, or I can become disconnected because of the way that we are evolving. And, and then that also is a question of how we're connected to nature still. And when you spend time in New York and you look around and, you know, the concrete jungle, which it's sort of funny to even think that jungle can be a part of it. It's just like concrete, like what's the jungle part? And, but you, you know, you see the like cultivation of like the parks and like, I think even a resurgence of, of a focus and element of like bringing that nature in as much as you can. But then to each person to ask themselves, I mean, this was this week, a friend of mine's like, oh my God, like my life feels so different. I make sure I go to the beach once a week to really like be in nature. And as I zoom out at well-being overall and think about like, what are the tenets of well-being? Like, could nature be a tenant of well-being? And, mm-hmm. and why is it like, you know, do this, this, and this, like the, the hyper-focus on like doing all these things versus like an opportunity to be in nature. And, but like, it's almost too simple for like where we've landed in 2018 for some people or maybe like general, gen, gen population, or I don't know, but that's, it just started to, all the dots started clicking and, and really how it's helped me. That's ultimately like I'm my own guinea pig. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. like being in soil, being in nature is extremely grounding. And I have an appreciation for things in a way that when this aspect is missing, it's not there. You guys heard of forest bathing? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that terminology before, but I'm Dude, you're in like the Mecca of forest bathing yeah, up there. You've got the sequoias and the redwoods. It's when yeah. you just like be in the forest and bathe. Yeah, but so like, the, yeah, the idea is like, like you would go to... I don't know, have a good, like, soak in your tub with Epsom salt almost. It's, like, therapeutic, but what you do is, there's probably a lot of ways to do it, but my understanding is as much exposure to nature as possible, so anywhere from no clothes at all to, like, minimum clothes uh, to, like, your skin to light, to the air, to the ground, to, like, just the particles around you, uh, both having effects on biochemical because you are breathing certain things in and uh also like an ionizing kind of effect with like minerals in the soil as well uh it seems awesome to me we don't really have forests around us so we go to the beach to try and get a similar effect here i guess but you have beach and you have forest yeah well, you guys have a lot of green it's insane how much green you guys got over there but i you know i'm very i like I'm very factual and I like all the, you know, info and whatever, but um, I think it's really easy, interesting to bring up two things in this that I want to talk about because I see this with a lot of my, you know, my patients and my clients and we're on the topic. So like, let's talk about it. But um, what's really cool about plant life, anything that's alive. And of course in a forest, you're just completely surrounded by things that are alive, but they have a lot of negative ions. And those negative ions are really awesome for your neurology because your neurology, it has to be negatively charged, you know? So when we're around that, it kind of like recharges our neurology. It's really, really cool. And 
But then it also has a grounding effect. You know, we, we talk about Schumann resonance, which is the resonance of the earth. And, you know, Jake and I do a, a technique that we analyze people on a lot of different things. But for me, Schumann resonance comes up for people that people, um, like they, they haven't been out walking on the earth, you know, like out in nature being charged by the Schumann resonance as well. And so that'll come up in my treatment where I'm, I'm doing this analysis and that'll come up and I'm like, well, it actually comes up more frequently than I thought it would, especially in Santa Cruz. Right. I feel like these people are doing what they need to do, but not quite enough. Uh, so both of these, I mean, this is really interesting and it does actually affect your health in a lot of different ways that maybe you wouldn't realize. Right. Let's talk about soil sickness. Uh, what's going on with like your commercially farmed soil right now? You know, you have the opportunity within living soil to have all the living organisms that are creating your microbiome, right? And so when the soil that's commercial, commercially used just being stripped of that, that directly affects the nutrient density of the mass-produced agriculture. And so people even that are eating food that they think is healthy but doesn't have the nutritional density because of the soil it came from, it's like a missed opportunity. And yes, it could be better than eating white bread, but what's like what's possible, it's not quite as rich as what could be possible. And so that's what I think to oversimplify what's happening to soil, what's happening to soil. Because there's a lot of bacterial content. I don't not an expert, but I think I remember a stat being like in natural soil, like 10% of the weight is bacteria. Well, it's like as much bacteria as like stars in the sky that could be living in soil. It's crazy. Uh, but also incredibly important because we have a very, we've evolved to have like a very sterile life. Well, we haven't evolved though, maybe like devolving in that. But I was saying to work with these bacteria, like we're dependent on them for our health and they're dependent on us to some degree. There's, There's partnership. And we've just been spraying the ground with too many things that bacteria can't handle. The book, The Dirt Cure, I saw Dr. Maya speak and got the book signed. And, you know, she was a, is a pediatric neurologist and showing like the direct connection from like the lack of the soil diversity to the kids like related to autism. And I think about this a lot of like, it's even beyond diet, like lack of sound, robust diet for the kids. Also like, where is the food coming from? And it's tricky because I think if the parents aren't asking that question for themselves, like how are the kids gonna figure that out? And at such critical developmental time and thinking of like breastfeeding and how the mother is nourishing herself. I mean, this cycle just like really stacks and then just such a prevalence of different disease and disorders, younger and younger and younger. And once again, not to oversimplify, but I do think our food system and our farming is really problematic. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a cycle that there's this, have you heard of biochar? No, I have it's like a technique used to help regenerate the soil. And that's about the extent of 
I know about regenerative farming practice with biochar, uh, but it's like basically pumping charcoal into the soil and helping like bring it to life and get it even more alive. And, you know, with composting practices and there's just so much there. And I, by no means, I'm like, I'm farm curious. I'm not a farmer. I just love to be there and learn. And I think that's where like the great questions are asked. And when you said like, how did, I think you asked, or maybe I asked myself, but how did I get curious of like all of this it's sort of so random? I was never really into this, but when I was doing my yoga teacher training, I started like learning about biodiversity mm. and just understanding like how the land and how food and everything, it can be so complementary and like understanding that there's a whole experience around regenerative farming and you know, it's beyond just organic farming practices. It's like, how does nature work with us? And we work with nature and creating an ecosystem around that. Mm. Balance. Well, I heard that. And permaculture too. That was just like, this is so fascinating. People are doing it and doing it successfully. Yeah. For, for people who are listening and, and maybe they're having a little difficult time, um, connecting the dots between the importance of soil and the produce, but the, the nutrient density in our produce comes because it comes from the soil. It's just like, it's like the, the mother to the, you know, embryo, right. Right. Is, is the same thing. And there's a study that a lot of people refer to. I don't remember the exact staff of it. Maybe Jake or maybe, you know, Linda knows right off the top of their head, but they said a bag of spinach from like the fifties, has the nutrient density of the of like sixty bags of spinach today? Mm-hmm. Just when you're talking about average, you know, an average bag from then to an average bag today, just pretty it's crazy. Similar, yeah, it is, and and I think there's also similar studies around like conventional versus organic, or conventional versus different farming practices to also show the nutrient density, and so. For someone at home that is scratching their head and like, what's going on, these soil nerds, you know, I would just encourage (laughs) them to like understand a little bit more about where they're getting their food from. And if it's just like what's easy at the local grocery store that's sourcing internationally to be able to see what kind of more local options are around and, you know, consider exploring like if they can notice a difference with organics. I mean, I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute and at our school, we had sourcing principles, and one of them is local. I mean, they deemed local up to 250 food miles, which some are like, that's not local. But, you know, when you're in an area of the country, there's certain things that you're not able to get within even that range. So that's really like they work within that. And I think for everyone, you can kind of ask yourself, like, what are your own personal food principles? And when you're eating that way, when you're at home, yeah, you're going to eat out and be social and be human, but at least, you know, you have your basis covers at home. So just to ask yourself, like, what could I make my food principles be? And they have some great resources if you check them out and just Google sourcing. And I could put um, that in the show notes if there are such things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what was a game changer for me to do this stuff was just to sign up for, you know, an every week CSA box, mm-hmm. which basically forces you to eat, you know, you know, the local produce, yeah, but also is, is it, it's community source agriculture or something yeah, like that? Community shared. Community shared agriculture. 
Something like that. Yep. Um, almost. I almost got it. Community shared aquaculture. So and I'm sure it could be different, but yes. So it's just a, it's a subscription like Netflix. Yeah. But you get food sent to you for what the week for the week or you sign up for how much you want it probably you could do it like a half share some places have a quarter share and like locks is the farm that i was speaking of earlier and you know what's so cool is it's whatever's fresh to their harvest so you're experiencing and nick i'm sure you can share too like what you're getting like out of your comfort zone with cooking because you wouldn't have probably bought that at the store totally which More people, biodiversity too yeah. no totally and people probably listen it's like well i don't want to get some groceries that I didn't, I wouldn't have bought in the first place, but no, it is good and healthy for you to get things that are in season. That's what your body seasonally would be looking for in general. You know, we're, we're symbiotic with the land in that way and with the seasons. Um, and you know, you will learn a lot about some, maybe some fruits or veggies that you've never had before. (laughs) Like I just had this apple this week, I bit into it and it was completely pink on the inside, but completely green on the outside. I've never cool. seen that before. I, I don't even know what I don't even know what bridal it is, but it was awesome. I was like, "What the? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy!" And 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 you also come to know some of the things that maybe would be your favorites that you never knew existed. Like for me, dry farm tomatoes. It's like there's nothing better to me than that. <laughs> completely changed my life um and yeah i mean obviously it's super healthy so just look it up you i mean any i'm sure any town city in america you could look up like csa near me and you could find a bunch of things so um and that's it's like i my like three favorite lessons are eat more greens cook cook twice more a week i don't care if that's a breakfast a lunch or a dinner and ask where does my food come from and like honor yourself as an individual and that that will change over time and i guess those are four things but like it's so simple and i think like for myself and like the peaks of any kind of health crisis i wanted other people to have the answers you know i wanted to follow the diet to the t and just to like be a hundred percent perfect because i did that and it was kind of unlearning all of that way of thinking and like really simplifying it. Hmm. There you go, people. I think that's a good ending point, actually. Oh, yeah. You can have Linda back on down the road, talk about all the other things she's up to. Yeah. She did hint to a transitional time in her life, so it's probably going to be a story in that, too. Yeah. So, I still have a lot of questions about Ayurvedic uh, cooking. So, mm-hmm. till next time. There you go. On the edge of your seats. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, you guys rock. Well, thanks. <laughs> we try. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Nick, I love you, bro. Love you, you too, man. Talk to you always. All right. And thanks everyone for listening. And have a good whatever the day is. Have a good week. Try on Monday. Well, we post it on Monday. But oh, people sorry. can listen to it whenever yeah. they want to. And maybe they'll be lucky it'll be a Friday. Maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Either way, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. All right. And there we go. Bye, Nick. Bye, Bye. Linda. Bye.